You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. We were talking about the birthday party, junkyard. In the room, I have Rob. Hey, what's up? And Sean. Hi. And on the line, I have Kyle. Hi there. Junkyard is the third studio album by the Australian post-punk group The Birthday Party. It was released on the 10th of May, 1982, by Missing Link Records in Australia and 4AD in the UK. The producer was Tony Cohen. The genre is post-punk and punk blues. And I'm going to read from the book Chris Shade. The birthday party relocated to London in 1980, presuming the UK to be dominated by equally uncompromising acts such as The Fall and the pop group. Instead, they were disgusted to find the city in the grip of the new romantic fever. Uh, signed to 4AD, they released Prayers on Fire in 1981 and started attracting attention following their unhinged and often violent live shows and support from radio's John Peel for their goth-baiting single, Release the Bats. Circumstances surrounding the recording of Junkyard were chaotic to say the least. Tracy Pugh was jailed for three months for theft and drunk driving. Drummer Phil Calvert was slowly being ousted and copious amounts of alcohol and narcotics fueled the band's psychotic sleaze blues. The chaos is mirrored in the raw and powerful music, which often sounds as though each member is playing a different song to the others. Nick Cave's lyrics veer from the casual murderous misogyny of six-inch gold blade to the pummeling Hamlet Pow Pow, a recasting of Shakespeare's Danish prince as a Cadillac-driving, gun-toting psychopath. Considering the band's reputation for stealing cars, the ballad-esque auto-accident monologue Dead Joe is perhaps autobiographical. The drag strip imagery of Big Jesus trash can is echoed by the mechanical grotesque on the album sleeve. This extremely volatile band split explosively just one year later yet junkyard remains a timeless document of arguably australian's most original rock band all right what do we think of the birthday party junkyard this is a badass record yeah it is man this record is awesome i like it yeah i love it this is a yeah i mean obviously i was into nick cave when you get into nick cave (laughs) and tom waits and all those other crooners and stuff but obviously you want to see what happened before they were who they are and birthday party popped up and I was like raw Nick cave, you know, it's, it just feels like early bad seeds, Nick cave. And you, you got members from Neubelton. Mm-hmm. You got, you know, every, everything it's energetic. It's cool. I love it. Yeah. I, I never, uh, I, I enjoyed Nick cave. Um, I never went back for the birthday party. I always heard bands like, uh, the Jesus lizard, uh, being sure. compared to the birthday party and, uh, John Spencer like being like, Hey, the birthday party, that's a, that's a good band. So yeah. hearing it. Yeah. I, I, it is exactly what I thought it would sound like. <laughs> <laughs> and it's awesome. Like it, it's, it's very good. Exactly. Like, 
Um, yeah, I mean, th- this is this fits the bill of what I had written in my head, yeah. um, like very, very closely. And uh, I mean, again, like th- this is more like things I'm simpatico with or like just in my wheelhouse or whatever. So like the Arl assault isn't like th- this just feels like a, Hey man, this record's really good. Right. Right. Um, when you're reading that, uh, review where dude's talking about, Oh, it sounds like they're all playing. I thought a that was weird. Song. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It just sounds like fucking <laughs> really good post-punk noise rock. Yeah. One thing I thought was strange because I, I've enjoyed this album in the past, but I think this is the first time I've ever listened to it very intentionally. And something I didn't expect, um, was to hear a lot of different influences or people who I can now tell were influenced by the birthday party. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it's really easy to see who was influenced by Nick cave. It's a little more obvious, but you know, like I heard the pixies and I heard Marilyn Manson and like, you know, it just, you, you don't think about where it comes from until you hear it, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was just kind of a, a fun way to listen to it, to like picture somebody like Frank black digesting this record and what it did to the music he made. Yeah, I always, yeah, there's tons of 90s <clears throat> bands that you can kind of pick apart and anything with the sort of scuzzy blues element or uh, they have a real <clears throat> they have a, like a real repetitive nature, which I think also carries over into that early Nick Cave stuff where it's like the the drums are just hanging on and the bass is that like repetitive bass. It's almost like a trancey bass with this noisy guitar over top. And then of course his unhinged ranting like a mad street preacher or something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, this was very influential for me because big blues, you know, I I, I love like the weird blues gun club cramp stuff. And this Mm -hmm. is like bread and butter. This is, this is where it's at. Well, this was this is interesting for me because um, I I got into you know Nick Cave as a as a teenager, and I remember going back to listen. I had like a best of uh, birthday party cassette tape, and uh, I could not get into it. I gave it like a couple listens. I don't know if it was the production. Um, I'm not sure what it was. Um, I remember liking you know the bat song um, that was on there, but um, listening to it again, I mean years later. Oof. Uh, I, I listened to this record several times in the past week. I couldn't get enough of it. It's, yeah. it's energy. Yeah, I definitely thought of, you know, the Jesus Lizard and several other bands um, when I was listening to it. But it's another one of those records that I really got into because it's kind of that the lyrics are kind of that dumb smart that Nick Cave is like really good at, especially like, Hamlet Pow 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 like cracked me up. What do you guys think about the production? I've read that it was remixed several times. I haven't heard any remixes. It's not good. I mean, you have to be so forgiving on this like early stuff. There's just no bass. There's no thump to it. It yeah. It has a certain character though. That's what I like about it. Yeah. yeah. So it it depends on if you give this to an audio technician and be like, "What do you think of, you know, this?" or if if I like handed this to someone and was like, "I want my band to sound like this." Or they'd be like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like that's yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think people have had like have tried to replicate this sound, but they made it sound good. Right. Doing air quotes. Yeah. yeah. It's just it has this thinness and you have to be very you have to be into that or very forgiving. So like right now in our headphones, we hear um, uh, Dead, Joe. Dead Joe. That's right. And this one, it's funny because like it made me think a couple different things, which one of them was that. 
This sounds so much like Echo and the Bunnymen's uh, Thorn of Crowns, but that came out two years later mm-hmm. on Ocean Rain. But like, it's like very just like percussive and repetitive. So it's like, that's another band that I feel like they influenced without, you know, you wouldn't, it wouldn't occur to you. Sure. You know, but, um, and then also I feel like Steve Albini would oh. have, you know, obviously been influenced by this, <laughs> but I think also this may be the closest thing to cow punk that would have influenced Steve Albini. Cause like, I know they're, they're not American. So, you know, like that they're Australian, which is close, but I think of, like, there's a lot of cow punk in this record. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Do you want to explain what cow punk is? Are you saying cow punk? Cow yeah. punk. Have you yes. ever heard that term? Never. So it's like, uh, like Mojo Nixon or like flat duo jets, like Dexter Rombauer stuff. It's, it's kind of goth punk, but pretty stripped down. And like, would you call Billy Bragg cow punk? Yeah, people okay. do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there, you probably have a more concise way to explain it, but, um, it's, it's sort of introducing this like folk, uh, but it, it's an edgier blues punk. Uh, yeah. It's, it's very hard to define because you kind of have a sense of, I don't know what you'd say. There's a lot of bop to it. Yeah. Um, for being so stripped down. You know, like you can do it with like just a guitar or just a guitar and a bass, but it still sounds really aggressive and wild. Yeah. I mean, you could even say like early White Stripes could be like yeah. cow punk or something like that. Are the Violent Femmes cow punk? I think they can be. I, they, don't, I wouldn't classify them. Somebody as such, could say that. Yeah. yeah. Would you say that early? Um, Ted Leo is another mm-hmm. one that springs to mind. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Like the more uh, acoustic-y against me stuff. Is yeah. That cow punk. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I was trying to think of against me. There's a lot of like um, like Goner Records bands that probably could fall into that. Sure. I think it has to do also with this sort of a picking up a little bit of a, what was I trying to say? Like the uh, political, like st- political songs too, mm-hmm. of early like Woody Guthrie stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah trying yeah. to infuse okay. that into like a bluesy punk. I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, I I had read too that they picked up on punk rockabilly, rockabilly, free jazz, mm-hmm. and raw blues. That is kind of where they melded all those things together to get the birthday party. I mean, right now we're listening to the Dim Locator and the Prove It, like the little riff that you can hear the most in the headphones. Yeah, sounds so much like um, or not? It's not Prove It. Sounds like Prove It by Television to me. Okay, are you hearing that at all? That yeah, it's not happening right now. But yep, yeah. Absolutely. So it's just, it's interesting to hear how Nick Cave would filter television into. Mm-hmm. Dim oh, Locator wow. has a lot of made up words in it. <laughs> Such as. Uh, I'm going to try to say this. Itriguintomity. That's not a real word. Nope. And triggering. Not a real word. <laughs> maybe that's, that's an uh, Australian thing. Uh, maybe I Googled it. Um, <laughs> I didn't find anything except Dim Locator lyrics. They really do have weird words, though. You're right. That's a good point. Australians. Yeah. Those yeah. words are very cromulent. 
<laughs> I was going to say Crummy Lola. <laughs> uh, Hamlet really reminded me of early Nick Cave stuff. It just has that dun 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 dun. You know, it has that like driving bass. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually kind of surprised though that this album was here and Prayer, Prayers on Fire was not. Not that it, you know, you could kind of take your pick. This one's probably a bit stronger, but I feel like this book often tends to err on the side of what came first or, you know, what was kind of the progenitor of, of things, but I guess not. So who from Ein Strausen Neubauten is in this band? And are they in this band during this recording? No, that was, sorry, I, I think I was uh, just talking about uh, early Nick Cave. Okay. Yeah. Because you can hear Ein Strausen Neubauten oh, absolutely. all over this fucking record. Yeah. yeah. It's surprisingly industrial for not being an industrial record at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so sharp. Like the guitars yeah. and the the way it's recorded. You said Steve Albini before, and I can sort of get into this stuff because Big Black. Mm-hmm. Like you hear Big Black and it's like the edge. Yeah, like I have Big Black somewhere else in my notes A too. complete, you know, that sharpness that happens. And so I can't imagine, though, listening to this in 1982 and thinking my record player was okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would just think that this sounded like someone recorded it at a show right, in the like bathroom <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the levels are all messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was surprised. I listened to this on a lot of different systems. And then I, I read a, an interview with Mick Harvey and he says, some of junkyard is quite harsh listening to the bass. There's quite a lot of bottom end in there, but nothing much in the middle. There's a lot of attack and snarling in the bass that you wouldn't normally hear a lot of trouble. Um, I don't hear this low end. It's it's there, but the problem is you have to turn it up so much that it hurts you on the high end. <laughs> I just thought it was curious because yeah, you hear the sharpness of the bass, and depending on how you set your levels, I mean, you can you can hear the bass, but yeah, it's, I just it's, thought it was interesting. He said there's no middle. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's true though. It it I think he's conflating a little bit though. I with modern recording techniques, like no, there's no there's nothing sub what would you say, like a hundred hertz or something like that? And bass is like 80 to a hundred. So no, it doesn't have like modern bass it has punchy bass. It is punchy. Yeah. Agreed. It sounds like uh, it'd be insane to see this band live at this time from everything I've read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was the, what would you say? The equivalent of Iggy, mm-hmm. I think. And the stu- seeing Iggy and the Stooges at their sort of prime or MC5, they wanted that attitude. I think a, a current band that I thought of a lot while listening to this was Piss Jeans. Sure. You can say that because you're not on the air. That's right. I don't have to say <laughs> pee-pee pants. <laughs> this song is by a band whose name is about wedding yourself. <laughs> I didn't know that Pissed was one of the, uh, you're not the, supposed to the say seven piss. swears. Yeah. Can't say piss. Wow. I mean, you know what? I think, like, if you can say ass ponies, like, you probably can say piss jeans, but since we're, like, a community station, we don't want to take any risks with FCC because they could just knock us out in one fell swoop. You can do the pss, 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 jeans. <laughs> I could get a sound effect, like a pee sound effect. It'd be awesome. Totally worth it. <laughs> uh, what do we think of Nick Cave? This is Nick Cave's first album. Or I mean, in the book, at least. I mean, he, he, he comes out, uh, comes out swinging. He, he, he sounds like a fucking maniac and yeah. a, a really smart maniac. 
really like, smart maniac. Yeah, mm-hmm. A really smart junkie. It's so weird when you find that combination. We do exist. <laughs> <laughs> there are tens of us. He, does he have a lot of songwriting credits on this? Uh, yeah, he has quite a few. Yeah, I mean, I know She's Hit is not um, on the OG, but he did that. And he also helped with that music, Dead Joe. His ex-girlfriend was on those as well, those two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I forgot her name. Uh, Hamlet. I mean, he did, yeah, he did basically all the lyrics and maybe half the songs. I mean, he's he's doing a great job. (laughs) Yeah. And I completely understand why this band broke up within the year. Yes. (laughs) After this came out. You can't. You can't continue <laughs> down that road. It's without, just not just, safe. Without dying. Yeah. They would have been dead had they not disbanded. Mm-hmm. So toxic. Yeesh. Mm-mm. I was trying to compare this, too, to the other bands that we've kind of been revolving around. The Cure, Bauhaus. And there's something, for me, there's something very alluring about this. Like There's some Scott Walker in there, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is weird. Call. Yeah. Primal element of it in saying, yeah, we don't want that synth pop stuff. Like, right. Like, cool. Everyone's been doing ABC and Human League and stuff, but yeah. just, just go, going into a club expecting to see, like, you know, some some raw shit and there's just dudes dressed like Japan. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just, just prancing. <laughs> Play, yeah, like the Ricky Gervais footage, the actual footage of him and his band when in the eighties. I am not familiar. with Oh, this. Ricky Gervais was in uh, an actual like synth band, like a new wave band. Oh man, I saw those pictures. Were, were they yeah. any good? Have you heard? They were bad. He's a good singer. Amazing. Yeah, you should you should look into that. He needs to come back then, and and uh... I think it came up on the original Office. Like they used like old footage that was actually him oh, and said he used awesome. to be in a band. I don't remember. I haven't watched that in a long time. Do they have a song called Free Love Freeway? <laughs> hot love on the hot love highway. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't like any of that. I could see them seeing a, like Susie. Yeah. Or one of those bands and being like, all right, we're or the fall and, mm-hmm. and being like, all right, we're in we're in company, but we're not going to be liked. Right. <laughs> like we're not going to be the hit. All those those bands, I feel like, you know, early Susie was kind of jagged, but they were looking for more polish or they got more polish as they went sure. on. And yeah, I mean, to your point about or whoever's point about them not uh, staying together because they just couldn't do it. I think they'd rather burn out than fade away or whatever. Makes yeah, a lot of sense. Then they jump ship from uh, foggy London town to Berlin and then we're just like, nope. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. I only got so many years. Don't know what you got till it's gone. Then you have to be <laughs> be in your own band, which is still amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did love their their advertisement for Release the Bats, the song about vampire sex. <laughs> <laughs> it was promoted uh, in an ad- uh, advertisement with the words, Dirtiness is next to anti-godliness. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> so good.
song is this? This is Big Jesus Trash Can. Big Jesus Trash Can. This is the one that made me think Piss Jeans first. Yeah, Jesus Lizard for sure. Like, oh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. It's a very relentless album, which I also appreciate. I I think that's part of this album, too, is it's I do have to consider when I put it on. Yeah, I can't just like throw it on and be like, yeah, I'll put it on in the background or right. something. It's an aggressive album. I, yeah, I agree with that. Also, I, I do like that when they do pause or slow down for a minute, it's not it just takes nothing away from the momentum. It's, it's very jazz like, you know, oh, There's, like they just have all these like really suspenseful pauses with maybe like a drum fill or just like, you know, something. But sure. Then they come back and it's like everybody's still in sync, even though it's chaos. They are still playing the same song. Yeah. Like, I also disagree that it sounds like they're playing different songs. They're, you know, I don't know where that review what that's trying to say other yeah. than it's uh, it's intentionally chaotic. Yeah. I mean, it also could be like, you know, through kind of a first listen lens or something, because it is an acquired taste. If you had sure. never heard anything like this before and you put it on, like, I don't think it would really no. sink in your brain. Yeah. No, it's uh, it, it's intentionally like aggressive. Yeah. Like uh, it's challenging. Yeah, makes you makes you want to like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked up the all music review mm-hmm. for it, and uh, they only give it three stars. Yeah, <laughs> like it's. I, I don't think he's that into it. <laughs> Maybe it's for production reasons that they would give that review. I don't really know. I, I just don't know why else. think that this kind of music isn't. Uh, it's like the Cramps. The Cramps never get like never get four stars or anything. You know. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I love. It's a very acquired, nuanced taste for yeah. people. And if people aren't into it, then it feels, you, al- you also have. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say it feels like literally dangerous. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think it, it's 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 this kind of music is very strange because Neubauten, you can be like, this is going to be really weird. Like you can kind of prep somebody just to be like they're out like it's outsider art, you know, like mm-hmm. this thing. Right. But it's hard to have this like line that straddles the music and the noise in and how they intersect and have that be acceptable in a in a way. Like if you, I think it's same with yeah a lot of those bands Jesus Lizard, Big Black and stuff. Like we're so used to it. Like we've we've literally grown up right with that kind of music, and I think it's a lot easier for us to kind of get into it and be like, yeah, Sonic Youth and this and, you know, like all these things that progressed. But having someone who's older step back, you know, like step into this music, I think would be hard. Yeah, you're not wrong. I, I think they because they're basing things off of previous. This is 82, which is like a really pivotal time. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of new and a lot of scary stuff for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, that's what I like about going through these in the list, though, is like judging it in the context of its time versus our time. Cause sure. there is a huge difference. So yeah, like this is, I'm not going to say this is easy listening in our time, but we've heard just far wilder things than this by now. Mm-hmm. This isn't right. shocking. Right. But it, but it also doesn't sound dated to my ears. No. Be, like th- this doesn't sound less exciting because I know the bands that are influenced by it. Like this still sounds fresh. Yes. Right. Um, which I, a lot of the bands that we've been covering like the you know, progenitors of like uh, certain subgenres, like, I couldn't say that about, but sure. birthday party absolutely is a, it, it's fresh. I mean, something yeah. was dying in the late seventies too. You know, like a lot of the hit records around then, like it seemed like a lot of washed up people had been famous in the sixties 
And I think the 80s were just kind of like a everybody starting over and being crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's the time of Chicago mm-hmm. is in, you know, all those other bands, Journey and Boston. And I mean, yeah. not that I, I yeah. dislike those bands, but it's kind of the if you're going from Fleetwood Mac to this. Exactly. It's a really it's a stretch. It's a very far. It's very, very it's far It's not even away. a stretch. It's a it's a complete cut of the uh, right. <laughs> the rope. Yeah. And for me, it feels like when we're having that almost uh, where people were on two sides and people were like, oh, Eric Clapton. And I was like, Jimi Hendrix is on this other plane, right? Like, it's a different thing. They might be playing the same instruments, but the perception and in, in what they're accomplishing is, is two different things. Yep. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. Uh, I did want to mention cover art school. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that our, Ed, or Ed, Ed, Ed Roth. Roth? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, David uh, Christensen also. I don't I don't know. Uh, I think he did like part of the back. But yeah, the Ed Roth stuff's cool. It wasn't Ed it's, Roth. It's the cool one that, artwork. Yeah. It's the Rat Bank guy, right? Yeah. Um, do you think it fits with the album? Yeah. I, it. This felt crampsy to me. Like yeah. it, it, it has that uh, rockabilly, psychobilly like uh, tinge to it. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think that fits, especially with uh, them going for the southern gothic like idea of America. Like, why not throw in some like hot rods? I think that um, it's interesting because also at face value, the band is called the Birthday Party, and the cover is a cartoon mouse driving a car. That sounds great. And it's not at all what either of those things bring to mind. So it does match well in that way, where it's you can't describe it and ex- expect someone to get it. He does have a cake. <laughs> okay, so it's festive. Uh, I did find it interesting that the birth the name came from them misremembering or intentionally mis uh, attributing the the birthday party to a non-existent birthday party in Doyovsky's novel *Crime and Punishment*. <laughs> Like, <laughs> so the Mandela Mandela effect, basically. I don't know if they they or were just, heroin. Okay, or heroin. heroin. They might have just <laughs> been like <laughs> making a joke, right? Like, oh yeah, sure, we got the, the yeah. name from. But what this. was their name beforehand? It was um, uh, crime and punishment. No, no, no. What was the what was birthday party's name before they were birthday party? Oh, um, because I just read about this, and I guess they wrote crime I, in the city. Solution was. A division. That's what they went on to become. But there was one. Yeah, Before you're right. Party. And they, I think they wrote the song Shivers, which Nick Cave still performs, but it's been covered a lot. And I thought that was really wild to find out that pre-birthday party is the source of one of Nick Cave's most listenable songs. Yeah. The boy, uh, boys next door. That's what it is. Yeah. And yeah. Shivers was banned from Australian radio uh, because it alluded suicide. to suicide. Yeah. That's Damn. a good song, though. So weird. They banned so much. <laughs> Got to keep those, uh, keep those sensitive, uh, soft <laughs> Australians. Look, if you live in a prison safe. colony, then you can't have words like suicide. Uh, yeah. So he went on, uh, Nick Cave went on to, of course, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Uh, but Crime in the City Solution was, uh, Harvey and Howard, just later Harvey. And these immortal souls, uh, also featured Howard. Hmm. So, yeah. Jumping back to Ed Roth, a uh, fun fact about him, he's the reason why we have screen printed t-shirts. Really? That was uh, that was his doing, bringing that into the uh, the forefront. 
So good for him. Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why I have this lovely shirt with astronaut cats with the Earth exploding <laughs> on it. You know, I love Thanks cats, but I hate space, so I feel really conflicted about your shirt. Yeah, it, I mean, that's good. It's oh good to be gosh. challenged. It's the sweet and the sour. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, anything else we got? I'm no. good. Listen to the birthday party. This yeah. sounds great. Do you guys yeah. not vote anymore? Oh, uh, we do. Oh. But uh, I was like going to say, d- is it right on the positive? Yeah, yeah. definitely. This is okay. great. Yeah. Play uh, it loud. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Play it until you can hear the bass. There you go. <laughs> like, turn it up until you can hear the bass. Put on your best headphones. <laughs> All right. Next time we'll be talking about Venom Black Metal. All right, thanks, y'all.